0: Hello listeners, old and new. I always like to say hello in the beginning. This is the podcast dedicated to underreported news. And today's topic is about Africa. It's also about China. It's about aid and doing things yourself or help, but what kind of help? All these questions, all these areas of life come into play today. So this is podcast number 410 for the 1st of February, 2012. And my guest today is on the line all the way from Rwanda. We'll get to that in just a moment. Stay tuned. The subject today is uh, aid to Africa, in this case specifically Chinese aid uh, to the African Union, as today in fact, the 31st of January, a new headquarters in Addis Ababa is unveiled Uh, and it's an interesting story and it's a story that's concerned our guest, which is why I've brought her here today. On the line uh, from Rwanda is Chika Izenya. Uh, visiting professor at the National University of Rwanda, journalist, uh, commentator for numerous media outlets, and also the founder of the History Society of Africa. Uh, Chika, hello.
1: Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me.
0: I feel like I, very, I did a very long introduction, but I think uh, it's it's nice to hear all the things that you're involved with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. There's so much to do in Africa, and I mean, we can't just do enough. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and that's, that's part of why I certainly want to bring this to my audience, so, so let's go. I mean, I first found the article, uh, I had not been a reader of your blog, now I am, and uh, you had been discussing the new African Union headquarters, which is, uh, I was going to say sponsored, but it's not just sponsored by China, they've in fact built it.
1: That's correct.
0: So, so, this kind of situation, I mean, concerns you. Maybe somebody listening already understands the concern, but let's explain it for people who don't uh, fully understand your concern.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. Um, it's a, a matter of grave concern. So it should be, ideally, a matter of grave concern to every African uh, that a, a structure as symbolic as the African Union headquarters should be built, designed... Built and donated to the continent by any other country apart from an African country, I uh, personally think it is a, it is, it is this something to be ashamed of? Really, for uh, every African that uh, we did not have a say in the construction of that building, uh, what, why should it be that a building where confidential meetings will be held, where Africans. African leaders can come together and decide on certain things that they would, would not want any other person outside of their circle to hear. Be built by an, a, a foreign country, that in itself alone is a security risk that one should be very wary about. So uh, it, it, is, it is nothing to be proud of, it is nothing to be thankful for by Africans that that building is in place today and that Africans uh, did not have any say in its construction. I am really, really ashamed as an African. I've talked to a lot of people. And since I wrote that article, Mark, I've had people write me from all over the world. I've received more than 100 emails about, from people who read the article, uh, mostly Africans and a lot of non-Africans as well, uh, you know, agreeing with the fact that it is not at all to the best interest of the continent for that building to be put up by China as a gift.
0: Yes, I mean, I think a lot of us in the world, especially, you know, who have had contact and traveled in Mm -hmm. other places, we recognize, I think, the similarities between countries, between humans. And Mm -hmm. so when we hear about a project for unity an organization, or in this case, the African Union. I've always been very excited at the idea, not necessarily the practice, of course. That's, you know, mm-hmm. that's a subject for more criticism. Yes. And so I, I found it especially interesting and, and concerning, just like you say, that here we have, uh, it's funded, it's constructed, in fact. They actually yes. brought people from China to build it. In one point in your article, you even mentioned, and it's symbolic, but it's, it's very meaningful, that the wiring That's uh, in this building. The very people having discussions inside the building don't Mm -hmm. even know how the wiring was done.
1: Exactly. So how are they sure they are not being uh, recorded and listened to in some part of China when they want to hold conversations about who to award a particular contract to? And this is not just about the African Union. It's a trend. India just built the new government house for Ghana. And f- fully designed and founded and built by Indian workmen, the same question of wiring. So imagine the White House being constructed by another country apart from uh, an American, uh, really fully, fully, in- uh, Americans being fully involved in the construction of the White House. I mean, uh, President Obama should be able to talk with the, knowing that no one else is listening in, but there is no guarantee for that at this moment for the Ghanaian president because the wiring of the building everything about that building was built and donated by india to the uh, to, to the people of ghana so um... It is, it, is a, it is a real problem at this time it's a real challenge that africans must uh, sit up and address squarely. there is no pride at all in giving away one's um, sovereignty, if I may use that word, by letting another country to come and construct, building, security, building, if I should again you know, be permitted to use the word security in this instance, by another country. There is nothing to be proud of in that at all. It exposes the continent. It exposes the people to other influences. Um, for instance, now, uh, a lot of, according to some websites I read, some information contained there that... Indians just get to know about all the contracts in Ghana now without being told. So you find them coming in to um, to bid for contracts without being invited. So that means it's possible they could, you know, have access to information that is not official. I I don't know. So but these are things that one should look into yes. while discussing aid. Yes. yes.
0: You use examples um, which I think are, are important that. Even if you look at traditional values from different parts, from different cultures within Africa, that this yeah. action—it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with tradition. Uh, this practice of uh, someone coming in and building or doing or giving for people instead of people doing it themselves.
1: Yes, exactly, Mark. Um, Julius Nerere, the founding father of Tanzania, before he died, he had a favorite Swahili quote. And in English it says, um, give, welcome your visitor for two days, but after the second the day, give him a hoe to go with you to the farm. Mm-hmm. And that shows you how um, hard work is taking very seriously, in Africa, I was born and raised in Africa, and um, I know my father instilled in me my mother i never i never i can't remember waking up one day to find my father you know at home and just lounging around and not he would always leave the house with us would go off to school he would go to his office. And then in the evening he will be back home, you're tired, and you you could see a man who has really worked hard to fend for himself. And not just me, around me, the the the, the neighborhood where I grew up, fathers and mothers you know were very hardworking. And I just grew up knowing that for you to make something out your out of your life, to impact society, you must give your best. I never ever imagined that. You will have to ever depend on someone else by begging for money. It it was just something I could not reconcile with. So um, the whole essence of aid to Africa, Africa being always holding out the beggar's ball is so alien to the culture of Africans I have to be honest with you and I am a Nigerian I was born and raised in Nigeria but I have had cause to travel around the continent to conduct research to work and to do one or the other things and I always like to talk with people and interact with people and I still find this same trend running through you go to the big cities you find people chasing you in traffic with their goods how hard-working can a person be than to expose himself to danger with the goods he's holding because he wants to sell something. He he doesn't want to sit by the curbside and beg you for money. He wants to work hard for himself and hope that something better will come up and over time he will be able to uh you know get better and do something better than than trading on the street side. And that should be the culture that African Union should portray. It should be a culture of independence. And African Union was established in 2002, and it came out of the Organization of African Unity that was established in 1963, Mm -hmm. while several African countries were still fighting for independence. And it was very clear, according to the founding fathers Kwame Nkrumah and, you know, the rest of them, that Africa is now free, and Africans should learn to become free mentally and psychologically. And um but uh, uh sixty years after independence for most African countries, I tell you, Mark, we still need to work on ourselves in that social psychological aspect of being free. And um, we are free politically and we have our flags, you know, flag independence, some call it but mentally I tell you, there is still that imposition that still that the, the, the leadership still seem to depend on other outs, uh, uh, depend on outsiders for their own um, development which is something that must change for Africa to move forward as a continent yeah
0: I, I wonder <laughs> are there leaders I mean we know this is the evidence right in front of us we know that there are leaders who are making uh, can we call them the wrong decisions the sh- decisions that don't match nor the culture nor the wishes of, of people but they make these decisions right they're connected to money they're connected to power. But let's Mm -hmm. I'm curious to give people perhaps some hope if there is and where there is hope. Are there leaders now on the scene uh, in different countries that that in fact reflect what you're looking for, what we're looking for uh, when it comes to better representing people and and doing things uh, from a grassroots level, doing things ourselves?
1: Yeah, thank you, Mark. Um, I have a lot of respect for the president of Rwanda. Believe me, and I am not unaware of the several accusations against him regarding uh, the human rights record and, and a lot of that. But let's look at what the question you asked. Let's just address the question you asked. He is someone that consistently tells his people, you cannot depend on aid. Uh, when he came into power... Rwanda was dependent on, on aid for almost 80% of its budget but at, at today it is 40% and he keeps saying it if you read the interviews if you are able to get across it, he keeps saying it, that the aim of Rwanda is to weed itself off aid he keeps reassuring his people we are a people with dignity we are a people who believe in ourselves we have worked hard You know, we've had a checkout history yes, but we can make something out of our lives we have our hands to work and something very simple let me give you an example when uh, after the genocide when the new government came in rwandans were importing all their banana now banana is a staple here in rwanda uh, on right banana is a staple that's what people eat can, they can eat it in the morning afternoon and night and they are very happy and satisfied and after the genocide everything was destroyed and they were importing their banana from uganda from other east african countries but you know, the president said, no, we can't keep doing this. We need to become independent. And today, Rwanda exports banana to the rest of the East African region. That is just the simplest example to show you how determined he is to weed his country off AIDS. And not just by saying it, he has been so exemplary in being accountable. Rwanda is about the only country I know where aid money is um, channeled through proper documented sources. It is almost impossible for you to get a a duplication, which is uh, a a situation whereby uh, different organizations, different donors bring in money for the same project, and they bring in their consultants separately. Mm -hmm. They they, they perform the same studies, and they spend so much money without consulting, without talking to themselves. They just do this. uh, The World Bank can spend $10 million conducting a study on... Let's say the prevalence of HIV AIDS among um, uh, young adults. And then the United Nations could be doing the same project, you know, spending so much money. It's a, it's a very big problem across the continent, duplication. But I tell you, in Rwanda, there is a pool where all aid money goes into. And then the government decides on which project it should be, you know, it should be administered, that, that should get from the aid money. But it is, it is a mess in other countries. I have worked with the World Bank as a consultant in Nigeria, and I don't even want to stand here and tell you what I witnessed in terms of duplication. Yes. So, but he is doing so. He 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 knows that, um, let's just say that at this time, it could be a little bit difficult for Rwanda to say we cannot accept aid money anymore. Um, it is a landlocked country. There is not much mineral yet discovered. But he is definitely working towards it. So he is the one I can tell you at this time who is very seriously working towards, uh, yeah, Real independence in that in the economic aspect, but um, you know, I I don't know any other example I can really sit Mm -hmm. sit and and vouch for. I know Botswana is also trying to work very hard in that area, um, uh, but I am not sure it's as much as uh, Rwanda has been able to do. So, I that's the only example I can think of right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. As you speak, I'm reminded of uh, the headlines. I mean, we don't get enough. Uh, headlines from, say, Rwanda here in, in Europe. But when we do, over the last yes. few years, we have gotten uh, information about uh, initiatives for the environment, uh, for <coughs> different aspects of the country that are very, I would call them progressive. In fact, yes. So it's interesting. That is the the first person you, you mentioned. That's uh, as Paul Kagame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That is, yeah, definitely something of interest. Uh, You know, what I was thinking before is that when people listen to this conversation and we start off by talking about how, you know, this is not how it should be, this is not part of tradition, that that it's about getting, just getting money, just, you know, aid, um, Mm -hmm. there becomes an extreme response from, say, say the West, say Europe, North America. I've seen it many times. Uh, The response is... Exactly. We should do nothing. We should mind our business. We should pull everyone, every bit of money, investment, pull, bring it home. And I, what I think, and I'm curious what you hear, what you would say to this, but what I often think is it's not the point that we should completely close ourselves. There is... <laughs> There could be useful cooperation, there could be sharing from both sides, Um, but I I see this often used, what we're discussing, as an excuse to try and close yourselves, uh, in my case as an American but also a European, to say Mm -hmm. we're not going to do anything then.
1: Mm. You have a point, Mark. It is, I, I always say that a lot of things in life we don't we should not approach as either or, we yes, um, should course. always be both and, you know, in, in several instances, and this happens to be one of them. I've taught classes in aid and development in Africa, and it's a question that my students keep asking me, and I tell them I know that if today you withdraw aid money from Africa, there is a pregnant woman who will die tomorrow who should not die. Would not have died if that aid money was available, and I will not in any way because I am not that woman um, stand and be idealistic about aid but <clears throat> the truth is this has been going on for the past sixty years. when is it going to stop and you know when is it going to stop when is it that Africans will become independent and not and stop depending on aid money to Um, to make progress. It stifles creativity, it stifles innovation. Uh, There's a lot of dependence on this money coming in, it's going to, it's always going to come in, it's always going to come in. But what, when are Africans really going to look inwards? And this is not just as simple as it seems. Okay, Europe and America and then now China and India, pull away your money, let Africans stand. But how about the issue of corruption? You know, it's actually corruption. A country like, like Nigeria should actually be the one giving aid to other African countries. But corruption has made it impossible for Nigeria as a country to stand on its own. So those are things that Africans will have to look at also and try to address. As we say, we have to win ourselves off aid. How about the issue of corruption? What is happening to the mineral resources? Africa is one of the richest continents on earth in terms of mineral resources. But what is going on? What is happening? So when you look at corruption and um, the fact that leaders are not interested. There are companies from Europe, there are uh, companies from the United States, companies from China and India, and almost every other part of the world that come to China, I mean that come to Africa, and take away natural resources without um, paying royalty to the government. So, um, and sometimes they work together with the government of these countries and bribe them in order to get away without, get away without doing what they should do. So, but these are things that, that should be addressed squarely. And it is not a conversation that one can say we have to hold today and get to the root of it. But African, if African leadership should come up with the political will, should muster the political will to address the issues facing the continent, Africa will not need aid in any, in any way to be able to get going. Most African countries, I will say, at this time. Hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious. Uh... When we look at international organizations, um, you know, cooperation between different countries, you mentioned having worked with the World Bank. Uh, yes. they've, they've had a mixed reputation, I, I believe, over the last years. Do you mm-hmm. find that nowadays, uh, I mean, they hired you as, a, as uh, someone involved in a project, so clearly they're, they're concerned about doing better, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find they're listening? They are hearing the problems of the past,
1: um, I would say yes, uh, but not at all in a way that is um, that should be. There is still so much to be done. Uh, I was hired as a student. I was uh, I needed to get that experience. So and I had to work. I worked in Nigeria. I worked in Rwanda. I also worked in Washington DC. And. I tell you, I see a lot of progress. I I met a lot of progressive-minded people. I'm still in touch with quite, you know, a handful of them who understand the problem. But this, the whole thing about bureaucracy—you get involved in a bureaucracy, and you just cannot really uh, go outside the line. There seems to be a way you're expected to think, and you're expected to act. So you, you, if you if you become too radical, then you are afraid that you'll be fired. I actually had um, someone I worked very closely tell me, he said, Chika, um, let me be honest with you, this whole project thing, people come with, come up with projects about Africa, it's all about promotion for them. Mm-hmm. Very few people really understand the situation in Africa. People come into Ethiopia, for instance, to conduct a project in a rural area, they stay in the best hotel, Sheraton or um, Nikon, and then they just, they stay there for two weeks, they go to the village for Spend about six or seven hours there and come back. How do you understand what is going on in that country to be able to fashion uh, policies or you know um, be able to sit down and craft project documents that will really suit the that particular environment? So there has been a lot of uh, if I should use copy and paste from different regions of the world into Africa, and there is very little effort to understand the region. But that's that said. Um, it's not. It's not to say that uh, the World Bank should close down its operations completely in Africa, but truth remains that it is not uh, helping out at this time the way it should. It's 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 lending money for the sake of uh, being in, into business, and it's not really working as much as it should. But again, in the area of health, I keep saying that I would um, I would be very careful also because I know that in certain rural areas. They've been able to build. uh, They've been able to build hospitals, and there are children who would have died of tuberculosis, uh, but because of the World Bank uh, assisted from World Bank assisted projects, um, clinics have been built to save them. And um, so, there has to be a balance in that uh, in that um, in that area. One has to really sit back and think about how to approach the World Bank. Let me give you an instance. China borrows from the World Bank. India borrows from the World Bank, but they borrow from the World Bank based on their own terms, not on the World Bank terms, okay? Yeah. Another exa- and um, one of my colleagues actually said, I really don't like going to India to negotiate a contract. And I said, why? He said, because if you go to India to negotiate a World Bank loan, I spend months there trying to convince them to adopt a particular project uh, document with all the terms. They keep telling me, you have to remove this point, you have to remove that point, you have to remove this point and that point and that point. And they tell me, we have our own consultants. You don't have to fly in your consultant from um, the, the United States, from Europe. We have our own Indian or Chinese consultants that will work on this. And he said they keep going back and forth with him and it's so frustrating. But at the end of the day, they are the ones paying. They are the ones that will pay back the loan. So he has to concede to their demand for the most part. Well, let me give you an instance. I was part of a negotiating committee um, in Nigeria at some point, And I sat, I sat in and I saw that almost half of the Nigerian government officials were asleep. They were not interested. Yes, during the it was a very long meeting, they were not interested in really sitting down to analyze the project documents to point out where they think Nigerian, that Nigeria will not benefit from the project. At the end of the day, they almost uh, pretty much adopted the project document just as is. Which is not done in any country that I know of outside Africa. Yeah. So my, but when the, you know my colleagues that flew in from Washington DC, were delighted because it, they made the Nigerian government's representative made their job so easy for them. So you see, it's not just easy to say the World Bank is doing this. How, is, uh, how are African leaders contributing to the World Bank seemingly um, taking advantage of the continent in areas? It's because we don't care about our, con- our continent. We don't want to protect our, our borders. We don't want to be the gatekeepers. So when we borrow money, the World Bank is, in, is, is, that, is a business entity. They, they have to make profit. They have to learn to survive. So when you want to borrow from a business, it's business. You sit down and you you put put forth your points. I want you to, this is how I want it. I want my consultants to come. We have qualified people. We don't want this money being given back to the United States or back to any country in Europe or any other place. We want our own consultants. We have enough qualified people in this country that will do this job. But Nigerians just live you know in, the, in my in the case that I worked very closely with Nigerian the government did not even bother about negotiating on that at the end of the day thousands of dollars i 'm talking of hundreds of thousands of dollars out of the out of the uh, the aid money had to be used in bringing in consultants. they stayed in the best hotels and they paid them thousands of dollars at the end of the day, you have very little left to work with so it 's it's, it's not as easy as we want to look at it but I mean, people, uh, countries borrow, countries borrow, but, uh, you know, how do you borrow? How are you able to, do you study the documents well? Are you sure that you're protecting your back from these uh, business people who are there to give you money? So that is the most important thing that we should look at when we talk of the World Bank. And I, of course, I'm not in, I have written a lot of articles about the World Bank. But I have my issues with them as well, but sure. we have to also be... Um, We have to to look inwards. And that is the main thing. We need to take responsibility. We We can stand today and talk about slavery and talk about colonialism and talk about all of that. It's not going to change. We keep saying this happened to us, that happened to us. Yes, that happened to us. But what are we doing today to change our situation? Yes. I always give example, and I tell people now, you can say I was abused as a child, I had someone, my father left me as a child, this left me, This that left me, but now you're an adult. Have you gone to get help? Have you talked, are you look, have you gone to get, you know, to, you know go to see a counsellor or buy self-help books? How are you trying to get yourself out of your past? So that is the most important thing. We need to start taking responsibility as Africans. And when we start doing that, the continent will change and the african union that should be providing that leadership is not doing that the african union that should be saying we are what we are a, a people we need to defend ourselves we need to stand firm and defend our territory territorial integrity is just there begging for money from everybody so how is from every nation i mean and every organization so how is the country go, the continent going to move forward yes yes
0: yeah Chica, yes. it's it's a it feels like an era uh, this mm-hmm. one that we're living in where we're very good now with knowing. If you want to know, the information is there. We know what's been done, we know what's wrong. And just as you posed it, the question now is, are we gonna do something about it? I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's really something that, that crosses my mind as I'm listening to you. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad, actually, that there is, uh, and not only you, obviously, there are so many people who are discussing what you're discussing and, and, and fighting the good fight. Um, so so in a way, I, I do take some hope in, in talking to you, even though the things we talk about are such difficult uh, uh, obstacles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I want to mention for people uh, who can't be in your classroom, who don't have the pleasure, but they can go to uh, chikaforafrica.wordpress.com. There'll be a link in my show notes. It's also spelled C-H-I-K-A for the word africa.wordpress.com. I will be reading uh, and we'll surely hear more about all of these topics that you've brought up because these are the topics you're focused on, keeping an eye out for the world, really, but also for Africa. Um, Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, I also want to mention the History Society for Africa. That's uh, something still to come that I'll be (laughs) talking about and and you'll perhaps join us again to talk about it. Uh, But until then, thanks so much for taking the time today.
1: Thank you for having me, Mark. I enjoyed the conversation. Father, give me strength, give me faith. Many times in my life I've crossed the river now. I walked bare feet for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Across the desert isles, made it out from the walls, made it past being poor. Now I'm standing on the western shore. Many rivers to cross in a case in front.
0: That does it for today's program, but I wanted to mention first the website citizenreporter.org. That's where you go when you want to leave a comment, when you have your own experience that you want to talk about. You can even email me. Of course, you can share it via Twitter. You know all the ways. And you can also do something that many people have done, and I'm thankful for it, and that is to support the program, to donate via PayPal or Flatter. And if you don't know what any of these things are, well, we have the internet where you can research what they are but you can just click the buttons on my website for more information thank you to everyone that has done so thank you to you who might do so in the near future the next big trip is to the united states and it's going to be quite a big one uh, with many guests and interesting topics so i'm glad to know you'll be with me see you next week see ya.
1: to cross. cross, so many started on the right path but end up lost, lost, like a ball sailing in the storm, maybe it's because, from a young age, kids went shown right from wrong, blame it on society, blame it on the source, from parents that married and ending divorce, look, look at the life that you're living kid. make sure you stay in school, get your grade, got no time for giving in. Shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And he leadeth me beside still waters. Yeah, I pray to God to take my stress and turn my lessons into Blessing. blessings. Pray for guidance and direction When I'm lost, I need correction. Then I, I can't breathe. Cause the fear that's inside of me is insecurity and negativity. I deal with positive. positive Cause I'm made in his image and I got lots of good. I know I'll make it through the storm and into victory. Even though there's many rivers, I will never get it, up. I like if you're hitting me. Many rivers. Oh. Bless the work of my hands. Expand my territories. That I may become a blessing to many. God, make me cross the rivers. Cross the rivers. Like you did when you open the Red Sea Lord, make me cross that river. Like when you turn your molecules into food to eat the, the Lord is my shepherd I don't want to serve money Just give me enough Enough that I should not want And I'm able to give others Amen Amen